What's up, guys? Welcome back. I'm Colton McCormack, and this is the Certified Wrench Podcast. Today on the phone, got my boy Josh Stewart. Where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? <laughs> I'm glad you're here in alert this morning. That's Just right, kidding. man. That's right. Anyway, Josh is a... A friend of a few years, I guess, but we've actually never met in person. Kind of weird, huh? A little bit. That's a little. But you know. we homies, though. Yeah. Uh, Josh is out in uh, West Texas doing his thing. I don't know how you live the life out there, dude. I love it. I love it. You're crazy. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's, it's not for everybody, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, who are you, man? Were you... Uh, Where'd you start and where are you from and all that shit? What are you doing now? Man, I, I you know, I, I was telling you earlier, I'm pretty much completely different than anyone you've had on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as getting into being a mechanic and, you know, continuing to do it. Um it it you know, I was around equipment when I was little. Um I have an interview, like a video interview basically with Oops, name drop. And I mentioned, you know, and that how I got started. Um, Damn it! And basically, gotta edit that. My out. mom, what's that? <laughs> you dropped the name of where you work. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's okay. Edit that out. Yeah, all right. I gotta remember to not do that. <laughs> it's okay. I'll I'll just be like, oops, name drop type shit. But yeah, we'll just but, anyway. uh, no more name drops. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would I would uh, I was around equipment. You know, when I was when I was really young. Um, my mom, she was an operator, and, and I would go out with her, um, mainly probably because she couldn't afford a babysitter, man, or, you know, just no one was able to watch me. And so she would take me to work. Um, you know, she would run excavators, and most of the time it, it would have a hammer on it, and she works for a demolition company. Um, and it, it was That's how I really got into it, man. I was just kind of sitting on the floor, sitting in her lap, and getting smacked and beat around all day inside of an excavator cab that had a hammer attachment on it. Um, that's, that's really where I kind of got my first taste for equipment and thought it was really cool. And, you know, was just blown away and impressed about it. Um, and, you know, growing up, I just never really like got into tearing stuff apart or, you know, wanting to take something apart. I did, you know, some oil changes here and there, maybe messed around with like a lawnmower engine. Um, but, you know, nothing like tearing something apart to see how it works and, you know, putting it back together to see if I can have it run or anything, anything like that at all. Um, I just really didn't have a lot of interest in it when I was younger and growing up. Hmm. So, yeah, completely, completely different, man. Um, I'd actually... I joined the Marines as a heavy equipment mechanic and funny story. I didn't want to be um, a heavy equipment mechanic. I actually wanted to be a combat engineer, which is pretty much what you do is you go and build something like a bridge. Um, you use the bridge. And then once you're done using the bridge, whether it's to cross a river or, you know, whatever it might be, just for an example, you build that bridge, you know, all your guys in your vehicles cross the bridge and then you get to go in and blow it up. So that's, that's what I wanted to do. Oh, all the jobs were full. So, uh, they, uh, they, they gave me a heavy equipment mechanic as an option. So I took it. Um, like I said, I did not really have much interest in being a mechanic. Um, 
so I went through the schooling that the, you know, the Marine Corps provides and, uh, that's when I kind of started to like it and, and get interested in it and figure out how things worked. Um, you know, old Detroit engines. And that's kind of what we were learning on in the schools. And, uh, it just kind of grew from there, man. Once, once I got out of all the training and the schools and stuff, you know, you go to the fleet and get to your duty station base and start meeting people and working on stuff and learning, you know, learning from people. And that's just, that's how it all started, man. I mean, then it just kind of grew from there. The more, you know, the more I did it, the more I was around equipment and able to work on it. I kind of got really into the diagnosing and the troubleshooting is that's what, that's what I really like to do. I like to figure it out, figure out why it's broke or, you know, what, what is causing it to do or not do, you know, what the machine is doing. That's, that's probably my favorite part about our job. Hmm. Okay. Well, actually I have a question for you. Uh, was the military like a career thing for you, a choice like that, or what was your plan there? No, dude, man, I was, I was a shithead when I was growing up, man. I was always getting in trouble. Me too. Um, (laughs) and it was just like, I mean, dude, I was working this job and I'll never forget it, man. I was, I was third shift as a stalker in a grocery store and, uh, it was just miserable, dude. And I finally just told myself one day, I was like, man, I just, I gotta, I gotta do something. Like I'm not, I'm making like $12 an hour. This is just, this is, it's just miserable, dude. And, uh, my wife now at the time, you know, we were just, we were just dating. And, uh, I told her, I said, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to join the Marines. And of course, you know, she was not into it at all. Um, and that was quite a hurdle to get over. But, uh, that week i i got off of work um you know six seven whatever it was in the morning and i went home and showered and uh i drove right down the recruiting station and told him i wanted to join and i wanted to leave as soon as possible and it was within like a week after i went down there dude i was i was out i was gone i was on a bus and i was headed to camp pendleton really did did you have to Mm -hmm. take all the asvaps and all that stuff to get in they yeah, dude, they they rushed me through all that stuff because I told the recruiter I was like, if if I don't go, I'm probably just gonna keep fucking up. So I need to go immediately. Wow. And uh, dude, they just they just rushed me through everything as quick as they could. And the MEPS, you know, they call it MEPS. Um, I have no idea what the hell it, you know, medical evaluation something. I have no clue. But you go through all your medical screens, um, the ASVAB, and you do all that, dude, and. I did that. And after I did that, it was like, dude, it was like a week at most. And then I was gone. I was on a bus. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, that was it, dude. That was like, there's four years. You're not getting back. Like you're committed to that for four years. So, yeah. And is that all you did is four years or, uh, I extended my contract towards the end. Um, I was in a unit. We were in, um, it was a, it was a support unit for an artillery um, battalion and uh so we would like pretty much work on all of our equipment for them they would use it dig trenches you know firing holes different things like that um and we weren't deployable in like the shop that i was in you would have to basically like transfer um to like a unit that would be deploying and i was almost at the end of my contract and a deployment came up to go to afghanistan and i hadn't gone and I told myself I would feel like a big piece of shit if I spent four years in the Marine Corps 
you know, the baddest of baddest military yeah. forces and not deploy. Um, so without even talking to my wife, I, uh, I went down and, and talked to everybody that needed to talk to so I could extend my contract and uh, transfer to that unit so I could deploy with them. And I did all that without talking to my wife, which was a very bad idea. <laughs> um, so I got all that stuff settled and squared away. And then I called my wife like later on that day and told her, you know, I extended my contract and I was going to be going to Afghanistan. And we were already at the point, dude, where like we were putting things in storage to, to move back across the country. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was interesting. Crazy dude. I, I wanted to join when I was young and, you know, went down and took all the tests and stuff and decided I wanted to be a mechanic and found out I was having a kid. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, never mind. That'll, that'll <laughs> change real quick. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I, I wanted to do a lot of things when I was younger, man. I wanted to be a cop of all things. Yeah, dude. Cops. That's a of all I things. could not see you a cop, dude. No, I'm me sorry. neither. <laughs> Especially what I think yeah. now. But anyway. You're right. <laughs> uh so I I don't know if you, you said where you're from originally or where you grew up. Did you Yeah, so uh no. I was I was actually born in Bradenton, Florida. Um and That's what's wrong dirty. with you. You're a Floridian. Ah man, come on now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but um, my dad, he he uh, he was actually in West Texas working in the oil fields. Um, and then for whatever reason, took a job in Florida. I was born in Florida. We lived there not very long. Um, and then we moved actually to Pennsylvania, Amish country. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I grew up, man. Wow. And then you made your way out here, I think the same year I did, to Texas, right? 2017? Uh, 17, yeah. That's when we did. And what yeah. pushed you to West Texas of all places? So, um, I was, I was, did the job that I had, I loved it. It was awesome. Um, it was a great company to work for and there was really nothing wrong. I was like the top guy, you know, it, it was, it was a great company. It was awesome. But, um, it was paving season is where I would get a lot of my hours. Um, then I would make more money, obviously, not just because of the hours, but the, the wage increase during paving season. Mm-hmm. And it got really, really slow um, two years in a row. And I'd been talking to a buddy of mine that I was in the Marines with. And he had worked for a dealer ever since he got out of the Marines. And he actually transferred to the branch that I work for now. Um, and dude, one day I, I, I got home and I was just sitting in the bumper of my service truck talking to him on the phone. And he was like, man, you should, you should come out here. You should check it out. There's a ton of work. There's a lot of money to be made. And uh, I, I called the company that I work for now and, you know, talked to him a little bit. They had a recruiter. I talked to him. And, and then they flew me, my wife, and my son out for a week, gave us a rental car. Oh. And, that, dude, it was wild. Um, came out here, and I was like, absolutely not. I will never live here. This is, this is, this is insane. There's nothing out here, you know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, like complete sh- just shock, you know, culture shock, everything. It was just so different than, you know, being in central Pennsylvania. Um, but I went back to the house after we got, you know, our week out here and uh, went back to, you know, it was paving season, went back. And one night I was driving <clears throat> to uh, to a job and uh, 
I, I, I just, it like something came over me, you know, like not to be weird, but like there was, I just got like chills and was thinking about it. And, you know, that night talked to my wife and we both decided like, screw it, you know, let's, let's do it. Like, let's just pack everything up and, and move to West Texas, man. And we didn't tell really anybody. Um, we put our house up for sale and we didn't tell anybody until it sold and then it sold. And I mean, that, that that's it, dude. Once our house sold, we let everybody know and then we were gone. Assholes. <laughs> Just kidding. That's what everybody was saying, dude. There's, there's quite a few people that were butthurt, but. All right. Fuck it. Do you have a, do you yeah. have family and stuff out here now or no? No. Just y'all. No. Just us. Same. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it's wild, man. But, uh, so what are you, what, what are you doing now? Like, I know you work for a dealership, but uh, what are you working on? Um, can I say Kamatsu? I can yeah, say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to be like, fucking not, don't be fucking name dropping anything. Like, no, you just can't, um, you can't say the dealership name, dog. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So, you know, none of that. All right. Got it. Check. But, uh, so I, I, I work for, for a Kamatsu dealer. Um, we have the, the dealer that I work with, they sell Komatsu equipment, rental, all that. And then they also have what we call off-brand equipment. Um, you know, that could be milling machines. Um, it could be skid loaders, forklifts, you know, just crushers, all kinds of shit. Um, but all I, all I work on is, is the yellow iron, which would be the Komatsu equipment. And that's, 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 all I, that's all I touch since I got out here, man. And, and I, I, I love it. I really do. Did you work on Komatsu when you were working at the paving company or never, so never all, all new, all new, man. So the place that I worked at when we were doing the paving, um, you know, it was a contractor. So they had all different kinds of brands of equipment, you know, case cat, John Deere, you know, Volvo, all that different stuff. Um, I think we might've had like two pieces of Komatsu equipment, but it was, uh, it was pretty rare that I ever worked on the Komatsu stuff until I got out here. And then, like I said, that's that's all I work on now. Hmm. So, like jumping back to military equipment, like what kind of stuff were you working on over there or in there, whatever? Uh, we had uh, we had some forklifts, um, had skid loaders, obviously, hmm. um, loaders, and then uh, bulldozers was pretty much all. All I ever worked on was was the bulldozers and forklifts because they were just junk and would break all the time. <laughs> like cat 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 equipment and stuff like that yeah it was cat and john deere so you weren't working on like scrapers and stuff or nothing like that in no there. no no pans or no i never never messed with those and i've been around them you know but uh never had the pleasure of working on one of those nightmares yeah it's uh there's good and bad man they're badass machines but ones i used to have to work on were just covered in grease and it just wasn't fun no no <laughs> i don't know how uh old chris hadley and them do that shit man dude i give it up to that guy because there's no way i would want to work on those things after just i mean the, the look the hydraulics look like a nightmare with the <laughs> amount of hoses and everything too yeah it's not bad i mean i don't know i just couldn't do it full time no but uh well, I guess we'll talk some West Texas. I, uh, yeah, man. So I know when you first came out, the oil boom was wild. It was insane, dude. And I'm, I imagine you were working crazy hours and 
Because I know when I was out there, I was it was wild for me. So yeah, yeah, it it dude. When I got out here, um, they didn't have a truck for me yet. Uh, it was about a week after I'd been here, you know, working with this company that my truck finally showed up. And as soon as I got my truck loaded up and set up, it was just hit the ground running like full speed, just an all out rat race, man. It was constantly chaos. There was three of us that were in trucks out here at the time. So we were working almost every week, at least six days, sometimes seven days, every single week. And it just, it seemed like it lasted until like 2019. <laughs> yeah. So how I'm trying not to use up all the good questions right away, but that's how it's working nah, yeah. out. Um, how since good old COVID, um, until now, you know, everything's getting going up in price. The oil boom is not there yeah. anymore. Is it affected you a lot out there? Man, I'll be honest. When, when COVID first hit out here, things had already began to like slow down before it actually hit. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when it hit, we went to 40 hours a week for maybe a month and then after that dude it was pretty much just steady you know you you went from working 70 80 hours a week to 40 hours a week and then it just kind of plateaued for a little bit at like 50 hours mm -hmm. um and i loved it dude i was like i was stoked i was like man this is this is great dude like only Family 40 life. 50 hours a week yeah yeah dude like i thought it was excellent um it was a great break. You know, a lot of people complained about it though, man. Like a lot of people, they come out here and, and all they want to do is work, man. They don't, they don't want to have a life outside of work. So mm -hmm. I was, I was loving it, man. I bet, uh, you know, going from the dealer to private life. I mean, I work maybe at the most 55 hours a week and it is so nice, dude. Especially yeah. like I take advantage of the 40 hour work week. I mean, the paychecks aren't, you know, the best, but right. it's so nice being home and being able to do stuff around the house and spend time with the wife and stuff. That's my thing, man. That's, that's, I don't know. I, I love what I do and I enjoy it, but man, I, I'd, I'd much rather be home than, than at work. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, seems like life's pretty good out there for you. I'm, you know, you got a nice house and just bought your ranch and shit and I'm pretty jealous. Yeah. <laughs> well thanks man I, I appreciate that i appreciate it and uh yeah i west texas but uh that's not bad dude it's really not bad at all the desert like, <laughs> no dude see you just like that's what a lot of people are like oh no dude it's the desert it's terrible it's this it's that and i mean there are definitely some shitty areas out here um but dude, it's, I don't know, man. I, I, I love it. My, my wife loves it. My kid loves it. You know, it's. Yeah. Know. You could do a lot of exploring out there too. I imagine. I mean, you, you're not too far from New Mexico and all that crap. And yeah. So I guess jumping back to machines, uh, how hard was it for you to, cause you didn't go to schooling for any of this shit, right? Just the training in the military, correct? right yeah it was it was just all training um and then you know learning kind of as you go basically like on the job training and learning from other guys so switching over to komatsu like was it how hard was it to start learning this new machine and 
you know, were you getting stuck a lot trying to diagnose Man, it was, shit? It, yeah, it was, it was difficult because I was used to using cat and sis and, mm. you know, used to how their manuals are set up. And for, for one, I know a lot of guys that work on Komatsu, the biggest, you know, complaint is Komatsu schematics. Yes. They're awful. I mean, they're just, they're not laid out very well. Um, so it was definitely, it was a challenge to learn it, um, and figure out, you know, even then I hadn't really touched a lot of tier four stuff. Um, and now, you know, that's probably 75% of the things that I have to deal with on a daily basis is, you know, after treatments. And it was, so it was, it was a challenge, man. Um, but I, the, the guy that actually got me to come out here, like I said, he had worked for a Kamatsu dealer since he had gotten out of the military. And so he's, he's super smart, super knowledgeable. And anytime I got into a jam or I couldn't figure something out, I would call him. And the dude is, is, I love the dude, but man, he is just a freak because he's like a walking shop manual for any machine to call him on. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. insane, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was I just going to say? I heard myself repeat back through your phone and it threw me all off. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, so actually talking about that you know the manuals and stuff you know i worked for the same company as you here in north texas for a little bit yeah. uh one thing i will give komatsu and i've said it before is being able to do all basically all your diagnostics through the monitor dude it's awesome that's like one of my favorite things and a lot of people don't know that or i feel like they just don't know how to utilize it yeah and it took me a little bit to catch on to that. You know, I'd have to talk to people and be like, oh, yeah, you just go here in the monitor. I'm like, I never would have fucking guessed that. Yeah, but, dude, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's one thing I'll give them. I mean, you, know, you can do a lot of shit through that monitor, especially on, especially on dozers and all that good stuff. Yeah, dude, it, it makes it's so nice not having to grab a laptop out of your truck. You know, 90% of the stuff you can access through the monitor and it's I, I use that damn thing every time I'm troubleshooting something. It's like a tool, you know what I mean? It's just it's how it is. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, how how's training for this company? They they do a lot of training for you, or man, I've been to a few classes since I've been with this company. Um, I haven't actually gone to like a Komatsu location or anything like that. It's all been in-house training from our own, you know, trainers. Mm. Um, it's, it's not, I haven't actually done like a ton of, you know, classes or, or training. Um, it's, it's, they do have training, you know, and, and yeah. people do go to it. And there are some requirements, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like the tier four, you have to go through an engine class and a tier four final class and, you know, do all that. So you can be, you know, certified, I guess, um, to be able to do like warranty repairs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, anything that, that's really required, they, they, they'll send you to it. If you ask, they'll send you to it. Yeah. I think that what, there's like a proving grounds in Arizona or something like that. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure Trent's been there a couple yeah. times too. Name drop. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Trent Norton. Mm -hmm. He's a bitch. Yeah, for not being on this podcast with us, not being here. <laughs> well, that's that's. I'm sure you've been there what five years. I'm sure the training will come around. I don't, I don't know how they yeah. do it there, you know. And, but I always like to take advantage of the training when it comes around. 
Hell yeah. No, it's it's good, man. I'm actually trying to get into a iMachine course, like our intelligent machines. Mm. Um, I think there's one coming up in June, and my service manager actually hit me up about it and asked me if I would want to go. So I've been... I'm, I've been trying to get into one of those classes for a while, so I'm hoping I get to get on that one. Sure, yeah. So on your daily do that you sent me, uh, you want to talk about life as a mechanic in a service truck. Yeah, man. What exactly would you like to talk about? <laughs> so I got out of the military, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I applied at this, at this company. Um, they hired me right away as a shop guy. And I worked there for like a month and I hated it. Mm. Um, you know, going to the same place doing the same, same four walls every single day. Um, I quit and I applied for a job, um, in a, in a service truck. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this job. Well, they hired me. Um, so I've been in a service truck since like late 2012 and it is just like, I, I love it, man. I think it's one of the greatest things that you can do because at least for me and out here, there's so much travel, you yeah. know, you're constantly seeing different things and going to different locations. Hell yeah. No, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, I go stir crazy just working in the shop. Uh, oh dude, it's, it's terrible. Oh yeah. It's, it's nice to be able to do something different every day. And, uh, you know, be able to take a piss. <laughs> yeah. Know, pull over, yeah. take a piss. <laughs> yeah. Stop and grab it's... something to drink or, you know, lunch. Or, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a hell of a lot better. And talking about that, how is your radius pretty big out there? I know when I was out Dude. there, I was traveling, you know, three hours to one location from, you know, the hotel. Yeah, dude, it's it's stupid. The area that we cover, it's 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 massive. Um, I've been like all over the place out here. I've been down to Del Rio um, quite a bit. I've been over to like Artesia, um, Roswell, New Mexico. You know, a lot of Carlsbad, New Mexico, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, we 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 cover like a really far area even all the way down to like where the big bend region is um we have a customer down there near marfa so three hours one way to a job site is 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 not unusual out here um i mean i live an hour east of our shop you know so it's i mean every day i'm driving at least typically an hour because most of our work is west of the shop yeah so it's yeah it's you you do a lot of driving man i mean in three years i mean some people might not think it's a lot i don't know if it's a lot or not but in three years i put like one hundred and eighty-five thousand miles on my service truck yeah sounds like a lot to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh how often are you finding yourself having to go to the shop or do they dispatch you from home most of the time man there for a while um when i first got with the company it was you know, just balls to the wall. So I was rarely going to the shop. Um, when we slowed down, we were, uh, we would go to the shop every morning, um, kind of sit around and wait. Cause it was, it was just slow. Mm. Um, but now back to the normal way of things, I guess, um, I'm pretty much scheduled, you know, a couple days in advance, you know, I know what I'm doing and 
pretty much the only time I go to the shop is if I need parts and I can't have someone run me parts because we do have a parts runner. So I try to avoid that place as much as possible. Gotcha. Yeah. I was kind of curious about that just cause you live so far away from the shop. Yeah. So let's jump back to when you first started out of the military, what kind of work were you doing? So it was on Vermeer equipment um, in a shop and it was like tree mulchers, um, you know, basically just like yard shit, tree mulchers, different, you know, stump cutters or grinders and, mm-hmm. and shit like that. Um, and dude, I, so I know I, you were just telling me some shit. You were pretty miserable. Yeah. Elaborate dude, it on, was, on this story again. Yeah. So I was, I was just, I didn't really like working on that shit. I thought it was boring. Um, obviously, it's not like bulldozers and shit, which I thought was super cool when I was in the military. Um, and I, I just, I, I don't know, dude, I wasn't digging the job at the time. And the service manager there actually told me that I should consider like doing a different different career. Um, and like I said, the dude, the dude was an asshole. But when he said that to me, you know, he like pulled me into his office and it was like a talk to kind of thing. And it really stood out to me when he told me you should consider a different career. And it made me really like think and question, not necessarily my career choice, but my ability to be a mechanic. Um, and, and after that conversation, dude, it was, I was just determined to figure everything out and just be better, you know, try and be better than the next guy. And, and I guess thanks to that guy, you know, it, it pushed me to, yeah. become a better mechanic and, and try and figure shit out more, you know? So when he said this to you, was it more of like, I can't see you doing this with yourself or was it more like you suck? I don't like you as a technician. You should find another job and get the fuck out. Yes. The second one, you suck. You're not good. You should go somewhere else. Cause you're not going to make it here. Sounds like homeboys trying to throw hands. That's dude. It was, it, it got a little tense, man. And, like I said, it, it, it fucked me up because it made me question my ability. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it ended up being a blessing, I guess, because it really pushed me to be a better mechanic. And I left that place and I went straight into a service truck. Yeah. And uh, like my first week there, the first job I had was helping the senior guy that was in a service truck uh, pull an engine and a transmission out of a 980G cat loader. Hmm. And I was like, damn, I'm in the big boy leagues now, you know, like shit. So I actually have a question. Uh, sorry, my dog's flapping his fucking ears in the background. Um, Hell yeah. So military life going back to civilian life and working, do you think that was part of your struggle, like being stuck in the shop? Like, because I feel like, you know, you're pretty adventurous, especially towards the end of your military doing a tour in Afghanistan. Was that fucking, was that hard to do? Like being stuck in a shop because of military or? I, I'm sure it had definitely some factors to it, man. I, I, I don't like being inside yeah. even when I'm at home. You know what I mean? I, I'd rather be outside and like a caged animal, man. Like I I just like to be outside and, you know, that yeah. that definitely... I'm sure it had an impact and effect on it. Yeah, no, I got you. That's a, uh, I'm the same way for sure. I don't, I don't care if it's a hundred degrees outside. You know, I've, I can't stand sitting in the house. 
No, dude, no. Like yesterday, it was. I got home at a decent time, and uh, it was like 105, and just sitting outside, hanging out. You know, like <laughs> much rather be outside than inside, man. That's just that's that's where it's at. I don't like that's that's. I think that's the biggest reason I don't like working in the shop either, is because I like I like being out under that sun. Man. Mm-hmm. I agree. So we can talk tools, but it's not the way that everybody wants to hear. Yeah. Since you and I were just kind of discussing this. What is your take on tools? I hate them, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Let's be honest. I hate them, dude. No, tools are tools, you know, obviously it's what helps us do our job and and allows us. It's a love hate thing is the best way to put it. It is, dude. It really is. I love it during the week when I'm using them and I need them. But if I don't need them, I don't want to look at them. I don't even want to touch them. I'm nothing. And I don't care. You know, there's a lot of dudes on Instagram or Facebook and they're diehard, you know, mechanics. And that is their life. And they're proud. And I'm proud too. Don't get me wrong. Hell yeah. But you know, just like you were saying earlier, some days you don't even want to fucking look at tools. Dude it's i don't understand like i see a lot of guys and they're just they're always working man and it's like why like even on like i get it dude some people are in the you know project cars or whatever and mm-hmm. that's cool man that's that's not my thing though like i just i go to work and that's that's my job that's my income i don't want to look at fucking tools on the weekend dude i don't even want to fix a broken fucking chair at my house like <laughs> you know <laughs> well, and like i said earlier i've got a horse trailer sitting in my driveway that i'm trying to help out a friend and i have no ambition to do it <laughs> dude it's just it's that uh, I, I, there's got to be other people out there that are like that i know there has to be i, I can name quite a few but yeah it's you know one of my 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 things in life is motorcycles, dude. I love motorcycles. Hell yeah. I need to service my shit and I want to. <laughs> no, dude. I don't even like putting air into my fucking motorcycle tires, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's like, let's, that's it, dude. I, I don't know, man. I, you know, obviously, if there's stuff that I have to work on around the house, you know, whether it's a lawnmower, or my motorcycle, or whatever, I'll do it, but I'm not really enjoying it that much. Got you. So let's, let's kind of bounce off of that. What, what kind of hobbies, you know, outside of work, what are your hobbies or your family's hobbies? Man, riding, riding motorcycles. That's, that's the big one. Um, cows, I have my own cows, you know, we use them for beef. So that's a big hobby. I spend a lot of time with them messing around. Um, and then hunting. I love hunting, dude. My wife loves hunting. Yeah, that's 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 what we like to do man is just get away and not be around society and people and you know what i mean just kind of escape so i know adventure, you got, man. i know you got a, a ranch how far is ranch from home um it's about depends on who's driving um <laughs> okay fair enough um, um no it's it's about 20 25 minutes away that's not bad i figured it i thought no. maybe it was pretty far no no it's, it's not that far how many how many acres you got out there just 40 just 40 bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
And it's all Literally. all yourself, or you share oil yeah. fields or anything like that on it. It's nope. It's all raw, natural land. No, no oil field. No pipeline. No nothing. It's just straight up grass and trees, man. And you, uh, you're able to hunt and all that shit on this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife, uh, she killed her first deer last year, and I killed a buck off of the property last year, and it's it's pretty great, man. That's like our little escape you know we got a we got a camper out there and sleep over and stay in the camper and you know there's nothing around it's it's attached to another 80 acres and uh it's it's the same exact style of land and no one lives there so it's it's pretty awesome that's awesome jealous yeah yeah i mean it's i don't know dude i thought like 40 acres was a ton and then i moved out to west texas and you can you could probably see 40 acres any direction you look. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I feel like everyone in Texas is like, you ain't got 100 acres. And you, you really don't have much land, you know? I've got two, and it's too much. Damn, dude. Come on. So let's jump back into it a little bit. Um, okay. So I don't know. If you guys are looking, you know, for technicians out that way, are you guys hard up for technicians, build and shop? Or? Dude, I mean, we were, like I said, when I first started with this place, we only had three of us, counting myself, that were in trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's, it's insane. Now we have 10 guys, including myself, that work on yellow. Um, I think there's like six that work on the off-brand equipment. And I have no idea how many shop techs there are, but yeah, dude, we're still hiring. I mean, there's, there's a ton of work out here, even though it's, it's not an, a boom. Hmm. Um, some people think it's a boom, you know, cause it's busy and there's a lot of drilling rigs going on right now, but it's, it's not a boom. Um, but yeah, dude, they're always hiring. I'm pretty sure they're hiring word. everyone. What's that? I'm sorry. Drilling rigs. You're ruining the uh, environment. <laughs> well, I was, hey, man, I was just asking about that because you you uh, wanted to talk about supply and demand for experienced technicians for trucks. It is so, tough, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you, I'm sure you don't have a bunch of people coming in, you know, lining up for for positions, no? We don't, dude. I mean, and, and like I said, now that we have 10 guys, I mean, I'm not going to disrespect any of the guys, but... Um, Ten's not enough, dude. Like we could, we could probably use another five guys in service trucks, and it's mm-hmm. it's hard to get them. I think anywhere from the sounds of it, and talking to people, and just to get a decent quality guy that's that's knowledgeable and is going to work and and want to work. Dude, I'm I'm willing to take a younger guy. That sounds fucking dirty, <laughs> uh, and you know that has some knowledge and show them the way you know because we're dude we're hurting. I, I think that's you know that's one of the biggest things too is it's I, I feel like it's like frowned upon or looked down upon on these younger guys that don't have a lot of experience and i think they're some of the best ones to hire and teach you know you can teach them so much more than they're going to learn in a classroom yeah and that's you know that's the way i always go for is you know a type of apprenticeship or something like that because I, I was yeah. literally just talking to my boss yesterday about this uh, 
you know, you could, let's just say John Deere Construction, they have capstones in every machine family. And a younger guy could go and get all these capstones, but still be green as fuck. What's a capstone? So a capstone is the certification in each machine family. So like, let's just say, we'll just say loaders. Uh, okay. I think it goes from 444 to 844 case or, you know, so you get different certifications Then you have smaller loaders. There's a capstone and then you have 944, which is the biggest loader on the deer side. So there's three capstones yeah. right there just in loaders. Um, okay. You could be a fully capstone guy and still not know shit just because yeah. you went through a training course. You know, it's hands-on experiences where you're going to get most of your knowledge, if not all. Dude, I, I, I think it, you can't put a price on, you know, taking someone and just learning from them. Um, I think that's the best way to do it, honestly, especially nowadays. You know, every, everybody that gets into a truck, you're going to learn every day. Um, mm-hmm. And you can learn from other techs. And uh, that's, that's, that's where you're going to get all your knowledge from, I feel like. I mean, they can teach you this stuff in a, in a class or a school, but when you actually get out there and, you know, you get put in these situations, especially in the field, um, you know, you're faced with situations where it's, it's completely different than it would be in a, you know, a shop or a controlled environment. And you just got to figure the shit out and, and make it work. Yep. Oh, well, that's, you're not going to learn that in a school. Yeah, definitely. I mean, unless you're doing hands on shit, which I think they do somewhat, but it's just basic ass stuff. Yeah. Um, you made me forget what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm good at that. Thank you. Uh, pausing. So as I posted on the Instagram, the certified wrench Instagram the other day of a story of being in a spare truck and not having, you know, you're never prepared when you got to jump trucks and the boss says, you know, Hey, grab what you think you need and let's get your truck to the shop (laughs) every time. And then you grab a bunch of shit, but then you go out to diagnose a machine and you don't have what you need. Like I needed, I needed my hydraulic, gauges and a couple of t-fittings and stuff and it's like i don't remember the last time i used it but of course i fucking need it now yep 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 um so i felt i don't i I felt defeated and i guess vulnerable to the loader (laughs) dude it's terrible man it's because it's like every time it's the same same thing take what you think you're gonna need Mm -hmm. you never grab the right shit yeah and you know of course I didn't know when I was going to get my truck back. So the boss is like, yeah, we'll just call the, like, I, I figured I knew what it was, but I wanted to check the pressures because the quick coupler wasn't working on this loader. And I could literally give the solenoid power and it was, the oil's just drizzling out. And I wanted to check my inlet pressure and I figured it was the solenoid block or whatever. Something was plugged up in there. Solenoid worked. I don't know. And I'm like, I can't figure it out because I don't have what I need. And he's like, well, we'll have the dealer come out and check it. And 
I'm just like, no, <laughs> that's the it's point of me. <laughs> yeah, that's the feat right there. So, and sure shit, I was correct, but it's just like, I don't want them out here because I used to work for them, you know? Right. Now I look right. like the bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's how it is, man. I remember being at the at the last place I worked and, uh, you know, it was, it was just a contractor and I hated when I couldn't figure something out and we had to call the dealer. It's it's like like you said, man. That this is why you're paying me to figure this stuff out, not yeah. to not to call some other you know guy out and have him figure it out, you know. Yeah, it's it. it my pride was a little hurt that day, but the fact For that sure. I, the fact that I knew what it was, you know, made me feel better, and I was right. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't. <laughs> how how do you are you dealing with truck breakdowns a lot out there? Or? Dude, it's when I when like. I've had my truck break a couple of times and we don't have spare service trucks out here. So you, you get tossed into a, a one ton pickup and most of them don't have an air compressor even. So it's all hand tools, dude. And they'll still send you out on jobs. And it's like you said, dude, like I've gone out to machines and I'm in a pickup truck with hand tools. And it's like, I, I know what I need to do, but I just can't do it because I don't have the right shit. And and then you have to call in and be like, hey, you got to send so and so out here because my dumbass didn't grab a thirty six millimeter wrench. You know, it's like, yeah, it and fucking sucks. Dude. It's so funny you bring that up because you know, like I said earlier, I worked for the same company you do, and yeah. I had a Kenworth just like you, and I was going through an intersection, and the truck just dropped into neutral, wouldn't move, stuck in the middle of an intersection. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, they put me in one of those gasser F three fifties. Yep. And grabbed what I needed. And then they go, Hey, this uh I think it was a D sixty one dozer. Is that right? Does that sound right? Yep. I don't remember. Yep. Um and it was throwing codes and turns out it had bad injectors because they were putting bad fuel into the machine and it had a bunch of water in it, ruined the injectors. So they're like, well, yeah, let's go ahead and get injectors and put them in. I'm like, well, I can't take the hood off. I need <laughs> yeah, a crane. Kind of need a crane. So they, yeah. they send out this guy. He pulls the hood off. And it was just, it's like, why couldn't you just send him to take care of the job? Because then he's got to come back out. It's just a big waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So I, I don't know where I was going with that. It was just a story, I guess. But yeah, it was ridiculous. And the funny thing is my current boss now when i was doing in the middle of the injectors is when he called me and said you're gonna come work for me so i'm like okay well i'm doing injectors let's go i'm i'm gonna go ahead and finish these and i'll come to work for you <laughs> hell yeah dude i finished it and unloaded my tools the next day because honestly dude that that pissed me off having to do the job that way and looking like a fool in front of the customer that's the worst man it is it is the worst. I, I, I never want to look like an asshole in front of people. And sometimes you get put in those situations where it's like, it's, you're, you're the face of the company because you're the one that shows up and mm -hmm. you're unprepared. Or like yep. you said, in your situation, you got jammed and now you're in a pickup truck and don't have the shit that you need. Yeah. And I was in that truck for quite a while and it was just, it was retarded. Yeah, dude. No, those things are, and they ride like shit too. So it's you just listen to tools rattle and bounce around and yeah, shit in the back seat and yeah, dude. Oh, no, that's it's miserable. 
Any you got any questions for me, man? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, so the company that you work for now, how many guys, um, not counting welders, but let's just let's just say mechanics in general. How many do you have that work for you? Mechanics, or not for you, but at your at your company. Me. That's it, man. It. And one man band. It used to be two. The other guy. Uh, I don't even know if I want to get into it. <laughs> hack uh, job. Hack job. Uh, super lazy. You know, didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Um, and you know but if you ask all the crews and stuff he was the best around according to himself and oh, wow. they all preferred him to be out there instead of the white guy um oh yeah you know that's how it went and you know we had a few issues and i was actually contemplating on quitting because of this guy because you know Damn. when you start bringing race into stuff i mean that's that's a big topic we could talk about on this is race in this trade and yeah. you know everybody could be your best friend um and then you turn around and they're talking shit about you oh yeah and this guy not to really out him but he was born in mexico but his dad was white and german i think something like that so he's half white half mexican or spanish yeah. whatever the proper language is for this <laughs> uh, right and so I started working at this place and six months in, I had a 2015 F550 and it dropped a valve on cylinder one. And yeah. my boss is like, I can't find a motor for it. So the owner of the company made the jump and was like, let's just buy a brand new truck, you know? And my boss calls me and says, Hey, we're going to get you a brand new truck. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. I'll take it. You know? Well, of course yeah. the guy that's been there for two years, it's mad because he doesn't get the brand new truck, even though his truck's pretty pretty new. Right. I think it only had like 70,000 miles on it, and it pissed yeah. him off. And, of course, then race gets brought into it. Well, you get this because you're white. Mm. And then it started a whole shit show. Um, so, you know, I told my boss, I'm like, either you take care of this or I'm going to have to head out, you know. And, of course, the boss is like, no, nah, you're staying. You know, I'll handle it. <laughs> Hell yeah. It was all right, but you know, it, he quit basically because of all that stuff and thinking I got treated well because I'm white when all, when in reality it was, uh, I bust my ass every day and go out of my way for the company yeah. <laughs> and don't fuck off like somebody did. Right. Um, so it, sorry, I'm, I'm a little, it pisses me off a little bit, you know, the whole situation that went down, but Hey, he's gone now and. I'm perfectly happy, but yes, that's it. Looking for another mechanic, really bad. So if anybody's interested and they want to move to North Texas, <laughs> hit them up. Hit 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 a brother up because we are hurting for a mechanic. We have a resident right now, and he's just costing us lots of money. So, yeah, but yeah, we have uh, we have you know going into it, we do have an in-house welder. Um, he's worked for the company for like five years, but actually he was contracted for most of those years. And then he finally just joined us like eight months ago. Wow. And uh, then we have another contracted welder because people can break some shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Now, do they do like, do they do line boring and everything? No. So we just do underground utilities. 
wet utilities. Okay. We do, you know, sewers, main lines, drains, any of that stuff, as long as it's, you know, wet. That's good, and man. Company's been around for a long time. And we fun fun fact I actually learned the other day is uh my company in the early nineties did all the underground utilities for Texas Motor Speedway. Damn. So that was pretty cool to hear and hear all the stories about it and you know, the pit and now I drive by it every day and like, whoa shit, we did that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I bet that was a massive project. Yeah, it was like four years or something like that. Wow. But I drive by the Texas Motor Speedway every day, so that's crazy, dude. And you totally you 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 uh you botched my question there. I botched it. What do you mean? Line boring for your welders. Oh, line boring. Sorry. I thought you meant underground boring when you said it. I under I, I I'm sorry. <laughs> spaced spaced so, out there for a second. I don't we don't do any in house stuff like that. I my boss is like we don't do enough of it to buy the equipment. So Yeah. We actually teamed up with a buddy of mine that I used to work with at the uh, Deer dealership, and I mm -hmm. actually gave him a shout-out on the Instagram. Super proud of the guy because he just bought his new Peterbilt. Um, so he does all of our line bore stuff. Oh, yeah. So my apologies. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, I stole this, this question from the Sweat and Grime guys. I don't know if you listen to their podcast or not. Um, if you uh, could go back and change, you know, what you do or, you know, do anything different, what would you have done different? Wow. We're, we're, we're getting what deep would you there. Do, yeah, or what would you be doing now if you could change? Dude, honestly, I know you're going you're gonna to hate me for this and think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I would have moved to West Texas sooner. No, I'm not, I'm not going to hate you for that. Uh, you just... I don't know, man. I think that's, 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 if I could go back in time, I would have come out here much earlier on. What do you think you'd be doing? Same thing or? Same did thing, you, man. Did you have a dream job? Um, probably like something ridiculous when I was like in grade school to be like an astronaut <laughs> or something. But <laughs> nah, dude, I, uh, yeah, I, I would have came out here earlier I don't know. Like I said, man, since we've gotten out here, I, I really like it. And um, definitely have a lot of things that I would never thought that I would have or get or be able to achieve or accomplish. Um, I've only been out here since 17. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I would have I would have came out here earlier. That's that's definitely it. For sure, man. I can appreciate it. Uh so unless I could have been like a professional, just like dude that cruises around on a Harley every day, then <laughs> a professional <laughs> Harley rider. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, it, dude. So I haven't actually talked about this topic in a while and I don't know if you're going to have an answer for me because we kind of, right. we kind of floated through it, you know, through this whole podcast, but a big thing is burnout for people. Yeah, dude. How do you avoid it or how do you get over burnout? Uh, dude, um, there's a lot of days where, uh, you know, you, you do the same thing. You, you gotta just suck it up, um, and just deal with, you know, the shit job or the shit day or whether it's weather or whatever it is, um, just push through that shit. And then when the weekends come, dude, that's how I, you know, that's my reset. So Friday, 
I pull into the driveway and uh, my phone, my laptop, all that shit for work. It stays in the truck until Monday. Oh, shit. I don't. Yeah, dude, I, I, that's 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 how I reset, man. That's that's how I I guess you could say avoid getting burnout is, you know, leave that shit in the truck over the weekend. I don't I don't want to look at it. I don't want to think about it. Talk about it. I don't want customers calling me, asking me questions. And you know what I mean? It's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you, I, dude, I have too much anxiety to leave my phone in my truck through the weekend. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just because like I'm the only mechanic. So it's like. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it scares me. Because what if yeah, there's an emergency or something happened at the shop and I got to go to the shop or, you know. That's so I I lived through that shit, dude, because. The company that I worked for before, um, you know, they had a lot of quarries, asphalt plants, and then obviously paving crews. Um, I would go out and work all day, and then I had to have my phone on me 24-7 because I was, I was like, the main person, you know. Um, there were two of us in service trucks back then, and uh, if something broke, dude, like, they were going to call you, and you were going to have to go out and fix it. Yeah. Um, for burnout dude that uh that job definitely burned me out towards the end because it was dude it the paving season in pennsylvania is is it's like it's like an oil boom you know when it's paving season it's just complete chaos from easter all the way to thanksgiving um and like 90 percent of the paving has to be done at nighttime and you work every day unless it's raining and the roads are wet, then you can't pave. And then even then you still might have to come in and fix shit. Um, and it, it, dude, it was just constantly, you know, like I said, from pretty much Easter all the way to Thanksgiving, you just, you don't have a life. It's just work. Um, shit sucks, dude. But I made I made a lot of fucking money doing that, you know, but it sucks. Um, but now, now I have that, you know, option or opportunity i guess to you know once i'm off of work once i get home that's like that's it dude i'm you know now if it's if it's a guy that's out still working and he's got a question or something and he calls me i'll answer for that but as far as you know customers or anything like that i i leave that all up to you know the service manager that you know i don't want to deal with that kind of stuff yeah of course i can understand that but you know i I, if, if it's important enough and I don't answer my work phone, my boss has my personal number. I told him, you know, if it's fucking an emergency, call my personal yep. phone. I don't care. You know, I'm at the point now where I, I ride for the brand and, you know, if he, we don't work weekends, but every so often we do. And he's like, hey, you know, if you don't mind, you know, you want to be on call for five hours. And if we don't hear anything by noon, don't fucking worry about it. Like sure, Hell I don't yeah. care. He's like, I'm gonna pay you. That's one good thing about this company, man. They they take great care of their employees, and That's, if you're on call for five hours, they're gonna pay you, even if you're sitting on your ass, you know. See, so. we have an on call schedule, and like I said, we have ten guys, so it's every ten weeks you're on call. Hmm. But when you're on call, even even let's say you're on call for a weekend, right? Let's say. You don't get a single call all day long Saturday. Mm. That's what sucks is they don't pay you. And you pretty much have to be available when you're on call. 
So that's pretty pretty. So that's pretty awesome that your company does that. I wish I wish our company would do that. Yeah. So like back when I worked at, at Deer here in North Texas, uh, funny you talk about that. We we had like an on call thing, but our on call on the weekends when when I first started was if it was your weekend, you just fucking work. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, it was just like a six day for you, you know, and then they somebody threw a fit and then it turned into like on call tree and it was just a fuck situation i think they still do it but it i liked it so much better because i knew what saturday i was working you know yeah yeah that's a it, that's that's how it is out here i mean it well it, it, i shouldn't say now but it used to be if if it was your your weekend for being on call you pretty much just planned on working saturday and sunday mm-hmm. now the cool thing about working on sundays is we get paid double time on Sunday. Oh, legit. Okay. So I guess it kind of balances out or evens out if you don't work Saturday, mm-hmm. even though you don't get paid, and then you got to go out on a Sunday. You know, you're you're getting paid double time, so that's that's pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. But I don't I don't like on call. I mean, I, I like I said earlier, dude. I on the weekends i just i don't want to do work i don't i don't want to work on equipment i just i want to do my own thing and be with my family and my kid and just kick it you know and hang out but the the worst part about being on call is you could be sitting at home and then get a call at 10 o'clock in the morning and that's the worst in my opinion i like i hate it i like to be up and going at 5 30 in the morning yep and if i'm not then i have no ambition (laughs) to work dude it's I've had some sometime it's and I, I think it's the worst where you're on call and let's say it's well one specific time it was three o'clock I got a phone call and it was like you have to go out there MSHA's on site and I won't go too far into detail but basically we had some people out there MSHA didn't like how they had a machine blocked up. Well, it was my weekend on call, so I had to go out there. I got the call at three, and I had to go out there and and recrib the machine. and And it was like a two hour ride one way, and I, I'll never forget that. I was so pissed off because it, it was like it's three o'clock, and you're really gonna call me now? And it just it sucked, dude. Because you you you're like at that point, you know, it's almost five. That's the cutoff. And then I can just I, I'm free, you know. And then <laughs> bam, three o'clock came, and there's the phone call. Jeez, yeah, that would that would definitely suck, man. Yeah. Anyway, we're uh, sitting a little over an hour. Uh, I got one more question, and then uh, if you want to, we can wrap this bad boy up. Okay. Uh, what are your your plans? You know, future wise with the company, or you know, if you're ever gonna think you're gonna go out on your own, or what is man. Your plan? I've I've contemplated a lot um, about going out on my own. Um, you know, my wife is she fully supports it, and if I wanted to do it, she would you know back me up a hundred percent and help me. Um, I've actually gotten close to actually doing it and pulling the trigger and buying the truck. Um, I guess I'm just I don't know. Everybody that did it themselves, they're gonna say you know don't be scared, but it's it's fucking scary when you think about just starting off, man. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, 
I, I think it's, I, I don't know. I, I've thought about doing that a lot, but it, especially out here, I feel like it's pretty cutthroat out here for competition. Um, so I've, I've considered that. Um, but with the company, man, um, I think I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing now until I, I just don't want to do it anymore. You know, uh, I'm 33 right now, man. I still feel good and still get up and rock and roll and, you know, grind out every week. But uh, I think eventually I would like to do like a, like a, I don't know, like a TC, like a, like a technical type of solutions. Uh, you know, you, you're out on a job and you're on a machine and you can't figure it out. And, you know, I'm in a little pickup or something and I can come out and give you a hand for troubleshooting and diagnosing there, you know, talk, talk you through it over the phone kind of thing. Cause we have a couple of those guys within the company. Hmm. I think that would be cool. Yeah, that's definitely different than a lot of the people I answer, you know, like, oh, I think I want to work my way up to service manager. <laughs> nah, I dude, couldn't I do just, that shit. Nah, nah, that's, I, I, I'm not into that kind of stuff. I like, like I said at the beginning, man, the, the, I think the thing that drives me so much and like just fascinates me is, is being able to solve the problem and figure out, you know, what is causing the failure or what caused the failure. Um, and I, I like that shit, dude. And that's that's what those guys do. That's that's all they do. It's not like they're out in the trenches like we are, you know, getting blasted in the face with dirt and grease. And they're just chilling, living the gravy life and, and helping people that can't figure machines out. Yes, sir. I, uh, I agree. And that, that would be badass, man. I, I agree. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyway, man, what do you think about wrapping her up? Yeah. Unless you got other shit you want to talk about. Oh, man, I think I'm good. Well, I appreciate you coming on and just being super relaxed and, you know, and just talking. <laughs> yeah, dude, I appreciate it. Maybe one of these days I'll come visit you. I got to do, we got to figure something out, man. I mean, it's we're not that far. It's mm -hmm. what, three, maybe four hours at most. Yeah, three and a half, I think. Yeah, uh, We'll make it work. We'll, we'll do something. Hell yeah, man. Anyway, you guys can reach me at certifiedwrenchpodcast at gmail.com. Certifiedwrench underscore podcast is the Instagram, as well as the Facebook is Certified Wrench Podcast. Check out the website, certifiedwrenchpodcast.com. If you guys need to get uh, find some merch or anything like that, check out the link tree links on the Instagram and Facebook. Head over to uh, whatever your whatever app you're listening to, and uh, give me that rating. I don't care if it's one star or five stars. I got to know how I'm doing, and uh, leave me some reviews if you can. Uh, comments, whatever, shares. You know what to do. Anyway, appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate it. Until next time, see you guys. Later, bro.